Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown a mercy. So we've gone through four Beatitudes so far. We've got four to go. The first four have been rather passive. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So today it gets a little bit more active. Blessed are the merciful. This is something that we do, or at least that we ought to do. How many of you believe the beatitude? Is it true? Blessed are the merciful. Do you always get shown mercy? Uh, say, no, you do not. So there is another beatitude. Now, I made this one up. Well, actually, I've heard it before. It's not in the Bible. You probably have heard some version of this as well. No good deed goes unpunished. Have you ever heard that? No good deed goes unpunished. Has it ever happened to you? You've done something good for somebody. You have done a good deed, and yet the universe, God, does not reward you. So, example. Yesterday, Sharon and I, we were going to a graduation party. I don't know, it's about 2 in the afternoon, something like that. We are heading south on Oak Street to 176. So those of you now who don't know where I live, now know where I live, please do not stalk me. So we were going across there, and we were stopping at the stoplight. There was a young lady driving in front of us, and her wheel cover popped off. And there it was, just rolling down the street, right past her. So, being a good Christian, being a good person, a good neighbor, a pastor, I said, we ought to do something. What do you think we ought to do? And my good wife says, she gives a suggestion, why don't you... get out and go tell her. Now, I usually listen to what my wife says because she is generally right, but I don't always just listen. I have my own ideas, which is usually a very bad idea. So I did get out. I got out of the, the other side. I ran over, and of course, here's a 60-some-year-old man running up to a young teenage uh, woman, and she's like, whoa, who's this thing? And she does roll her window down, and I said, yelling at her, your wheel cover popped off. And she goes, oh. I, I thought I heard something. It was like a bang. And so, oh, okay, good, good. And that is where I should have quit. But I said, being a good person, I said, I'll go get it for you. Now, I thought it was like 30 feet away. It was much further. So I am trucking down the street, running after this thing. Finally pick it up. All kinds of cars are going by. And they're looking at me like, who is this guy? What's he doing? So I pick it up, and I run back. I jog back. And now she has gotten out, the young lady, she's gotten out on the other side of the car, and I just hand it to her. So it, it all should be good, good deed. She said, thank you, away we go. Well, at this point, I see um, a white Ford Explorer, uh, which is now going through the parking lot. There's a little parking lot there at the corner, and going through, and, and she's going through the parking lot, and she goes out the other side, and she turns the wrong direction, going on 176. Of course... We drive a white Ford Explorer, and so I'm thinking that Sharon is leaving me. Like, where's she going? So I'm running after her. Like, wait, 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 I'm over here. What are you doing? And then I realize there are about 15,000 white Ford Explorers in Crystal Lake, and ours is still there. So I run back. Get in the car, of course, what took you so long? Where have you been? Like, well, I thought you were over there. 
So you know, I'm kind of uh, wiping my hands off a little bit, you know, kind of dusting them off. Uh, do you know that there is like black, gray grease and dust and oil on, on wheel covers? I discovered that. So now it is all over my pants. And I'm like, what, what are we going to do? We've got a party to go to. And the good wife says, we're just going to go. I'm like, but I look terrible. Nobody will notice. I mean, isn't that the case? You try to do something nice, something good. You think God will reward you, but no. It's not the way that it usually works. And that's, that's our point for this morning. Mercy is not a payback system. Our motivation is not to get a reward. Our whole motivation is simply because God is merciful. God is loving toward us. Therefore, we are merciful to others. Unfortunately, we don't always see it that way, nor does the rest of the world. Are you familiar with Androcles and the Lion? It's based on one of uh, Aesop's fables, made into a play by George Bernard Shaw. It goes something like this. Androcles, he is a Roman slave. He runs away from his master because his master does not treat him very well. He goes and hides in a cave away from the soldiers. And while he is there, he hears this roar of a lion. And he's afraid. He thinks the lion is coming to eat him. But the lion is just in pain. It has a huge thorn in its paw. And as it limps into the cave, Androcles approaches the lion and very expertly and very tenderly removes the thorn from the paw. Now, fast forward, scene two. Androcles has now been captured, and the punishment for a runaway slave is death. Death by wild beast. He's put in the circus in front of a crowd of tens of thousands of people for their demented pleasure to see him eaten alive. And the lion comes, and of course it is the very same one that was in the cave. So instead of eating him, he comes up to him and he begins to lick his face. And the crowd goes, oh, that's so nice, that's so sweet, that's so wonderful. And the emperor is so moved that he releases not only Androcles, but the lion as well. And that's a fable. It's not the reality. And we know that. We know that acts of mercy are not always received with gratitude. Do you always get a compliment when you do something nice? No. Do you get a reward? Does something equally good come to you? No. We expect that, you know, when my, my neighbor's hedge trimmer doesn't work and he comes over to borrow mine, the next week when my lawnmower doesn't work, I can just come over and borrow his. But no, he doesn't always do that. All we have to do is look at the life of Jesus, right? Mercy personified. No one is kinder and more gentle and more loving. He heals the sick. He gives sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf. He even raises people from the dead. And what's his reward? Oh, let's see. Betrayal by friends, denial by his disciples, turned over to the authorities, flogged by the soldiers, goes to the cross, nails pounded in his hands and feet, crown a thorn in his head, and he dies. 
Where's the justice? Acts of mercy are not always received with gratitude. And yet our beatitude said, says, blessed are the merciful for they will what? Be shown mercy. So we know the beatitude, but I think we also need the parable to get a better understanding. So let's take a look. You heard it read earlier very quickly. There is a king. He's the master. And he has a servant. His servant owes a huge debt, 100,000 bags of gold. It's about $3 billion. How many of you have $3 billion? Anybody? You should be giving more to the church, I'm telling you. $3 billion. Who does? I mean, how does that happen? Maybe the king has $3 billion, but a servant? So he begs him, please, master, forgive me. I'll never be able to pay it, which is true. Penalty is you get thrown in prison until you can. It will never happen in 10,000 lifetimes. And so because he begged, the master has mercy. And he cancels the debt. And then that servant goes and he finds another fellow servant who owes him 100 silver coins about five grand. That's a, that's a pretty good sum, and yet compared to three billion, it's nothing. Now you would think he would have learned. He was shown mercy. Go do the same, but no, he chokes the guy. Throws him in prison, says, until you can pay the debt, there you go. And then what happens, the king hears about it, and he takes the first servant, and he puts him back in prison, which is proverbial hell. Mercy is what God seeks to give, always. And yet there are times when that mercy is thwarted by us, by other human beings. You see, God is a God of mercy, but he is also a God of justice. And when we don't show mercy, then we rely on God's mercy, which we don't deserve. Now, let's see if we can understand this. The sequence is critical. Go ahead to point B there. The master forgives the debt of the first servant. And if that mercy has its desired effect, then not only is the debt forgiven, but the debtor is transformed. My friends, that's the purpose. God shows us mercy because he loves us, but so also that we might be changed in this life and certainly in the next. But if that mercy does not have its desired effect, and it does not always, because we can look through the New Testament, are there ever any examples in the Bible where people were not kind and good to others? Yes. How about the Old Testament? Yes. Do you know anybody that hasn't been kind to you? Probably. And what about in our own life? We do the same. And so if the mercy does not have its desired effect, there is no transformation and the debt is still not forgiven. Now, to understand all of this, we need to, to also understand what mercy is. Mercy is not simply feeling sorry for someone. 
It's not just a, a fleeting wave of emotion. It's not like, oh, I'm so sorry your cat died. Well, not really, but anyways, I said it, right? No, it's getting down there with the person. It's feeling their pain. It's sharing in their misery. There was a great story about Queen Victoria many years ago. Her husband, Prince Albert, had just died. She had a really good friend, a Mrs. Tullock. Mrs. Tullock's husband had also just died. Queen Victoria went over to see her friend. Now, she came with her entourage. She is with all of those people and a huge crowd of people, and, and they knock on the door and they announce the queen. Now, what are you supposed to do when the queen shows up? Well, you go right to the door and you, and you curtsy and you bow and you, and you kiss her hand and all those things. Well, Mrs. Tullock was lying there on the couch. She was grieving. She was crying for her dead husband. And so Queen Victoria, as this woman is trying to get up and struggle to the door, she says, no, 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 no. Stay where you are. I've not come as the monarch. I've come as a fellow widow who has also lost a husband. And that's what our God has done for us. He doesn't lord it over us and say, you haven't forgiven, you haven't been good, you haven't been merciful, so I'm not going to do this for you as well. But rather, he sends his son in the flesh. He becomes one of us. He not only suffered for us, but he suffers with us. And when we are wronged and when others are not kind or good, even though we have been kind and good, he feels the same pain. Our God has loved us so much that he doesn't forgive just seven times or 77 times or 70 times seven. He doesn't say on the 491st time you've committed the same sin, I'm going to zap you. But he says that's why I sent Jesus to die in your place. We have this terrible example of the king whose servant would not show mercy. And in his anger, he turned him over to the jailers to be tortured. My friends, we can never pay back what we owe. And God's desire is not for us to be tortured. He doesn't want to send anyone to hell. And he's given us the antidote to our sin. And that's Jesus on the cross. And he wants us to show mercy in goodness, in kindness to everyone around us. And that's our last point. Mercy is shown, and you might, you might think that, and this would not be unusual, that pastor put the words backwards. Which is easier? To show mercy to friends or to enemies? We might think it's, it's friends. After all, they're close to us. We love them. I don't know about you, but when I get hurt by a stranger or someone that I don't know, 
or someone that disagrees with me, let's just call them an enemy, it's kind of expected, isn't it? That's what enemies do. They, they try and, and hurt us. Isn't it a whole lot more painful when it's the person you love? Family member? Neighbor? When they hurt you? Isn't the pain a whole lot more deep? And so Paul writes in our epistle today these words, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. These are the people of God, the people in the church. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I mean, don't we say that every week? The Lord's Prayer in a couple minutes. Forgive us our trespasses as what? We forgive those who have trespassed against us. We need to understand that mercy is a costly gift for us to give, but even more so for our God to give. It cost Jesus his life. It cost the Father his Son. It's not easily given. Jesus had to suffer immense physical punishment, the beating, the flogging. He literally was dying of thirst and then asphyxiated by lack of oxygen. He had the nails driven through his hands and feet and the crown of thorns jammed on his head. And that was the easy part because he had to take all of your sin and mine and the whole world as well. So mercy is a, a costly gift and that's what it is because it is undeserved. It's not easily given and it's well, honestly, not always well-received, is it? Reminds me of the mountaineer. He was a, kind of a backwards ma uh, man, and he was there in the woods, and he had stolen a horse. So raise your hand if you can tell me if, if stealing a horse is wrong. Is that wrong? Okay, good. We're all on the same page here. So he stole a horse, got a lawyer, a very good lawyer. The lawyer got him off. He was acquitted. And so afterwards, the mountaineer asked the lawyer, does that mean I get to keep the horse? We're not always appreciative, are we, of what the Lord has done? And yet, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The hard truth is that your acts of kindness, your goodness, the favors that you show to others may not be rewarded. Sometimes it does seem like every good deed will be punished. But our reward is not in what the world gives. We are that unmerciful servant. Our debt is so great, three billion in spiritual dollars. And God has canceled it. But because he is also a God of judgment, someone needed to be punished, and it was his son. And that is not at all what the Lord wants for us. We aren't always going to be perfect. 
in how we show mercy to others. But God's desire is that we be transformed in this life. And ultimately, we will be changed forever in the next. Blessed are the merciful. We have already been shown God's mercy. And it's my prayer now that even if you don't receive it now from the world, that you will return it to the Lord. Today and every day and every opportunity, even if it's a little wheel cover, running down the road. Amen? Amen. This morning, instead of uh, all together, corporately, uh, professing our faith, we have two uh, special individuals who are going to be doing that uh, for us. And so, I think Tal and Vigor is 